Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number two. Stolen by the Stars. Written by Squiggles Story Studios. Mother Nature looked at her garden and smiled. The wind and the rains at her beck and call. The oceans swelled and the seasons turned. Mountains formed and volcanoes simmered. Green covered every surface. She was power. She was life. All she created bowed down before her. Those who did not were destroyed. The beasts of her kingdom knew well to serve their mother. Forever obedient, forever unquestioning. She sat back upon her throne, tending and rearranging the green and the living. Until her old enemy did rear its cowardly head, it dared to strike her with ugly iron. She raised her hands against the sky, the black lifeless boy that dared to strangle her from existence. She roared, and air and fire came to her aid. The iron missile did burn and malform, crashing to her earth with little but a crater to show for it. The emptiness would not destroy her so easily. Mother Nature ordered it to be forgotten. Her creatures yielded. All except one, one of her youngest, curious and naive. She allowed it to see the unremarkable iron so that it would know the pitiful weapon was nothing against her might. The animal ran his hand over the metal, looking up at the unknown from where it had come. Mother Nature ordered the creature to turn its head and return to her garden. It did not. The goddess did raise her voice, demanding it look away from the sky. Still, the being stared into the heavens. Mother Nature now growled, snatching the insolent from the crater. She recoiled in disgust. The creature had stars in its eyes. It was tainted now. She reached in and ripped out the heart from it, the green heart that she had granted to all that she gave life and who followed her word. She disposed of the thing, tossing it into the sands, decreeing that none were to acknowledge the tainted one. The beasts of her kingdom obeyed. She watched the blighted struggle. Its empty heart filled with the blackness of the void as it moved stones and lived in pain. She mocked it, offering one last time for it to accept their rule. It refused. She raised her hands and brought ice to the world to freeze the bones and blood to end its life. From the frost it brought up its own hand, and fire did burn. Mother Nature hesitated. No creature before had used magic, only she had held the power. With fire, the being weathered her eyes, and the land around it changed. The fire scorched the earth, and she could no longer touch it. The tainted one began again to shift stones and change the green that grew there. Mother Nature snarled and sent the beasts to consume it. 
Monsters and animals tried to destroy the empty heart. Again, it raised its hand, and from it scorched the earth, and it drew iron. A cursed iron. She sent her most vile of spells, of pain, of misery, and suffering. Pestilence. The tainted one fell to its knees, but still it was not enough to destroy it. It clutched its empty heart and roared. Poison spilled from its breath. Mother Nature could not contain her fury any longer. It tore the earth apart so it may fall and be silenced. Storm slashed out and broke its skin. Lava boiled and burned its bones to ash. She raised her hand and rained her hate upon it. The creature endured. With every strike it grew stronger. Its skin encased in concrete. Lightning tamed ran through its veins. Toxins and bile dripped from its lips. Despicable hate and iron grew hard and tempered. Wings of steel flourished upon its back. Mother Nature trembled. Her anger turned to fear at the demon in front of her. With every step, the green was consumed. The earth scorched and poisoned. Nothing could grow. The tainted one screamed a fury of its own. With its powers, it lashed out at the goddess. It butchered her beasts, slaughtered her oceans, and massacred her green. All her powers faltered. The mother, no, the god of destruction clenched his hand around her throat. Mother Nature did kneel before him. She looked up at the god, those eyes that burned with stars and pain. The void had won. She surrendered her breath and waited for the end. It did not come. The god's hand did shake. The tears from the eyes did pour. He cried out in her anguish. Slowly, his grip on her released, and he raised his hands to his empty heart. She did not understand. He fell to his knees. He begged without words. She touched her own chest, still flowing within her. The god she created, that she had tormented and abused, wished for her to return what she had stolen. He did not seek vengeance. She wept. In her arrogance and lowliness, she had inflicted unspeakable misery on who could have been her equal, who could have turned to the void. But that was lost now. She cut the green from her heart, the tiny spark that she had taken those millennia ago, and offered it to the ruined god. He cradled the gift in his hands, tenderly, protectively, but did not place it within his own scarred chest. The god raised his head, took a look at the stars. His steel wings spread, and he carried his heart far beyond Mother Nature's reach. He saw into the sky without fear, without looking back. She was alone now to toil the soiled earth, left to struggle and strive to clean her oceans to free her winds. She would nurture the dust so it would grow green again. The goddess learnt to care for the beasts in her kingdom. Occasionally, she would turn her sight to the heavens, wondering what became of the god who had stolen by the stars. Mars held humanity's hand. She comforted him, as she had done a thousand times before. I caused her so much pain, he whispered, squeezing tightly. You hold so much growth, yet look at what you have done. 
Small smile, lifting his chin. You have made oceans of deserts, grew forests of dead soil, protected me from solar winds and the cold of the void. Without you, I would not be. She rested her head upon his shoulder. I'm sure she would accept you if you returned. Humanity shook his head, but held Mars tighter. No, I can't return. Not yet. The scars I gave her have not yet healed. Ha! You mean the scars she gave you? She replied pointedly, her hand over his heart. Ceres, Ganymede, Europa, and Io will all tell you the same thing. She had no right to hurt you. Humanity sighed and looked up at the stars. Mars felt a painful tug. You're leaving again, aren't you? Just for a little while. Titan is beginning to worry me, he confessed. She's so lonely out there. I promised to wake Rhea for her. Mars embraced humanity, holding him close. You won't rest until the whole galaxy is awakened. Maybe, he teased. The smile returning to his lips, Mars stepped back and tapped him playfully on the arm. Well, you'd better hurry up then, otherwise another star might fall and who knows. She looked up at the sky. The universe could use another god like you. End of story. Story number one. New recruits written by Shogun CDN. Captain Ulza was in a foul mood. As the ship wove through the tunnels on its way to Lala, the captain could only wonder what he did to deserve this. They had ordered him to clear out his entire ship to make room for these human soldiers, a species that he didn't even have tunneling abilities. Now his once proud ship was reduced to carrying 10,000 of these primitives. At least, he wasn't alone in this disgrace, for other ships in his squadron also had their folds full of humans. Ulza swore that he could smell them through the layers of metal that separated them. He could barely keep contempt when his check with the human captain met prior to take off. Please ensure that your soldiers don't hamper the Ashketh forces, Captain Ulza had warned the human. He thanked the primal Koth that the other ships in the fleet carried a proud Asketh's troops. The conflict on Leleth was critical, ending the decade-long war the Asketh High Command had gathered all resources at its disposal. Given the civilian population on the planet and the critical nature of the infrastructure in the enemy stronghold, the enemy was going to have to be routed out on by ground troops. Ulza had to give the humans a little bit of credit. Despite being new to the galaxy, they volunteered their troops to the effort. Once they convinced themselves that they were in the right side of a conflict, they prepared their people and equipment for the final push. The only problem was that their ships had no tunneling abilities. Relying on their own ships to, would have taken the humans literally years to reach Lilith through conventional space, and there was no time to retrofit their ships. Ulza's protests to the high command went unheeded and he was forced to offload the Ashketh soldiers and make room for the humans. He may as well have been carrying animals, Ulza thought to himself. Perhaps they would die quickly and act as fodder until the Ashketh soldiers were properly brought the enemy. Clearing tunnel, hard at Moburn, in 30, came a call over the comms. Combat landing, Halsman. Do not spare the gears. We'll either fix them later or we'll be dead and it won't matter. 
Ulza barked. The plates on his head took on a slight red glow as the fires of battle began to rise within him. The ship landed with a wrenching of metal against a hard ground, and Ulza felt and heard hundreds of pieces of prized ship breaking and twisting. All credit went to his helmsman, however, as the ship shuddered to a stop without exploding. After a moment to recover from the impact, Ulza got his wits about him again. All power to forward shields, suppressing fire and main guns. Ulza shouted, ground troops prepare for... His last words were cut off short as thousands of human soldiers filled the viewscreen. They streamed out of every ship that they were on, covering almost every inch of empty space around and in front of the ships. Even over the roar of the guns, he could hear the human voices raised in unison, charging into the breach. The Asketh troops, meanwhile, were still readying themselves after a hard landing as the humans established a beachhead. Olsa was impressed, and at least they weren't cowards. Ulza turned to his fleet wide comms. Once we establish a defensive position, we'll have to... Again, his words were cut off as the humans began massing on the positions, advancing on the fortified enemy encampments. Ulza could barely keep up with what he was seeing. Legions of humans were pushing forward, battling, fainting, and flanking. The entire night sky was filled with flashes and small arms fire and explosions. The Ascus troops that had managed to deploy were now far from the front lines as the human contingent covered ground with impossible speed. They were seemingly unconcerned about their own welfare. Yet, when Ulza checked the battle monitors, the human losses were far below what he would have expected. Captain... The weapons officer shouted, We're getting requests for artillery from the humans. By Goth, give them every gun we have, Ulza answered. There was nothing on screen now but chaos and haze, but the guns could still provide accurate fire with proper coordinates. Soon, large explosions bloomed on the battlefield, and ship guns hit the marks that they were being provided. Such fire was far more surgical than aerial bombardment would have been, preserving the crucial infrastructure. For the next six hours, the pattern continued as the humans pushed, called in for artillery, and pushed some more. Half of the ship guns registered empty as Ulza depleted their batteries, trying to keep up with the requests for the new allies. His entire crew began to suffer operational mistakes and failures as the pace and duration of the battle took its toll. Several crew had to be carried from the bridge, overcome with exhaustion, and their stations were manned by replacements. Captain Ulza himself could barely keep himself in the seat and refused his medical officer's pleas to rest, instead ordering her to provide him with stims. He would not leave his command until the battle was done. He owed that much to the soldiers and the humans. Finally, the sun began to rise, and they began receiving reports of the field clear and secure came in multiple channels. The voices were numerous, and also noted, even in these days, all human. An hour later, the human soldiers began making their way back to the ships. Asketh troops had been tasked to remain on the field to keep the area secured and to guard the prisoners. Captain Ulza made his way down to the bay doors. He had severely underestimated the humans. He needed to remedy this less-than-honorable way that he had treated them. 
As the soldiers made their way back, Ulza saw them helping their injured comrades and some cases carrying the bodies of the lost. Their faces were showered with fatigue and stress in the night's battle, yet they maintained their discipline, swiftly getting treatment for the wounded and resupplying themselves with ammunition. On the ramp to the bay, Ulza stood, searching for the human captain that he had been introduced to. He finally saw the figure, recognizing the insignia on the uniform. Captain Boone, Uza said through the translator. Boone performed a human salute out of habit, even though the Asketh did not share the same tradition. Uza, however, brought his own appendage to his head as best as he could mimic the action. Boone took off his helmet, her face streaked with ashen dirt. Captain, Uza said, your soldiers... I've never seen anything like them. You honor my ship. I hope that we were able to prove ourselves as worthy. Captain Boone nodded. Well, we appreciate the ride, she said, walking away. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.